If you are interested in simplifying your life and your business, have you thought about automating things? Welcome to Outside the Box with Elsa. Your host is Elsa Palmer Oden. There are many tools that you can use in business and personal automation, including virtual assistants. It's time to take back your time and management. Now, here's your host, Elsa Palmer Oden. Hello, and welcome to Outside the Box. I'm your host, Elsa Palmer Oden. I have a great show planned for you tonight. If you have any questions during the show that you'd like to ask, feel free to call in to 866 472 5788, or you can send an email to Elsa at ElsaOutsideTheBox.com. First, I'd like to start off with a happy birthday to Kevin Sorbo and to Lou Dobbs, and a happy heavenly birthday to two great entertainers, Jim Henson and Phil Hartman. So today in history, September 24th in history, In 1789, Congress passed the Judiciary Act of 1789, which was establishing the Supreme Court, and uh, Congress also created the Post Office. I guess they had a busy day that day. In 1929, the first flight using only instruments was completed by U.S. Army pilot Jimmy Doolittle. In 1956, the first transatlantic telephone cable system began its operation. Come a long way since then. In 1979, CompuServe offers one of the first online services to consumers, and it dominated among internet service providers for consumers through the mid-90s. I thought that was kind of interesting. So now I have a special guest here tonight that I have been working with and has been a very dear friend of mine for the past 10 years. He's built a very successful real estate investing business using no cash or credit. I talked Scott into being on here tonight to share how he did it and give you some of the tools to do the same thing that he did and be as successful. So Scott, I'm so happy to have you on here tonight for this special episode on real estate investing with no cash or credit. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. And uh, it's an honor to be here uh, and certainly uh, appreciate the opportunity. How are you doing? Doing great. And I'm so excited to have you here. And I think everybody that's listening is going to really get some good information tonight. So let's start by telling us a little bit about who you are and how you started in real estate. Sure. So, well, uh, as you said, I'm Scott Ulmer. I'm down in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, I live here with my my wife of 16 years, and I've got three amazing kids that uh, run us around like crazy, 15, 8, and 6. And a teenage daughter, I must tell you, is uh, quite the handful. So I own a company. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Little Pink Houses of America, We are based in Jacksonville, Florida, and we have 87 uh, different affiliate partners uh, in markets across the country. We uh, have a very specific niche of real estate that uh, we like to invest in. We invest in all types, but really the no cash, no credit type of investing is is, uh, kind of the the, the niche and strategy we implore the most. And particularly our our purpose and kind of our, our, our drive, our profit behind our passion is we sell homes to uh, folks that can afford a mortgage, can afford a down payment, but for many, many reasons may not be able to walk into an institutional bank and qualify for a loan today. 
Um, self-employed business owners is the, the typical demographic I use as an example. Uh, we sell a, a, a lot of to uh, self-employed business owners. And uh, as I, I say, uh, self-employed business, business owners are the backbone of America, uh, providing jobs and, and certainly arguably one of the hardest working uh, segments and demographics. But because they uh, make their income in spurts, banks are apt or apprehensive to, to lend to them. And so as an example of who we sell to, somebody that, that certainly can afford a home, can afford a mortgage and a down payment, uh, but can't qualify today for many, many reasons. In the case of self-employed, they uh, write most of their earnings off and, and recognize a lower uh, net on their tax returns and therefore can't qualify for what they can afford. And so that's really what we specialize in as far as the company is concerned. So uh, we've been in business uh, eight years and uh, going strong. It's It's uh, been a crazy market, but we're uh, we're weaving our way through it. So um, so that's what I do. That's uh, where I'm at and, and kind of uh, uh, a quick snapshot of, of my company. Uh, my, how did I get started? Well, you know my father and, uh, and uh, actually it's a story that I, I, I tell and have told many, many times. And so uh, both my father and mother were, uh, uh, came from humble beginnings. And uh, when I was born, I had one younger brother. My parents taught uh, school, taught high school. My mom taught uh, science. My father was a phys ed coach and the football coach. And so uh, they had both come from humble beginnings and wanted to provide a better life for their kids. And uh, it was about 1982, 83, somewhere in there, there was a a, uh, a newspaper article. Remember the old newspaper? Uh, just like the phone books. <laughs> so uh, the, the newspaper article was advertising a book. It was by Mark Haroldson. And uh, the folks listening probably going to require a bit of an older generation to remember this, but but uh, Mark Harrelson had a book, How to Wake the Financial Genius Inside You. And uh, it essentially was, was a book on real estate, on wholesaling, but, but had some inspirational uh, points to it. And, and really was a, a book that changed my father's life. So the deal was if you uh, uh, sent in a check for $10, they wouldn't cash the check for 30 days. And it was a money back guarantee. And of course, if you didn't like the book, you sent it back and they would send your check back. Well, uh, Dad wrote a check, and uh, as the story goes, knowingly didn't have $10 in his bank account, but uh, was banking on that 30-day window. So uh, got the book, read it cover to cover two or three times, returned it uh, so the check didn't bounce, and ultimately from that went and did a wholesale deal and, and made, I think, $4,200, something like that. And, and uh, my favorite part of that, that, that story is, is uh, he and my mom at that time went to the bank and cashed the check and went back in the uh, safe deposit box room and, and uh, threw all the money up in the air and uh, had celebrated because it was more money they'd ever seen in their lives. And I always get the chills when I tell that story uh, because that moment really changed, uh, certainly changed their lives and, and ultimately uh, my life and, and that of my brother. And, and at this point, uh, many, many more um, uh, around the country through, through the efforts of, of both my father and I. So uh, that was his entree. And so he did, by the way, send $10 in after that to make sure the book was paid for. But but that's kind of uh, how the real estate uh, world was 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 uh, entered into my life. And so, uh, as a kid, I would go to houses. I'd, I'd help clean out. Uh, I'd get gloves and garbage bags with my brother. We'd get dropped off and had to trash out houses, and then painted and kind of learned uh, our way from there. So, so I was able to be exposed to it at a very young age. And and so I'm kind of a lifelong uh, kind of a, a a cradle real estate guy, if you will, because because I've, I've been around it my whole life. So you're one to get your hands dirty. Yes, you got to be. You got to be. <laughs> no living the executive life when you got to clean out the houses. Nope, no banker hands over here. You got to, I got to get some calluses on these hands. Get them dirty. So I guess real estate's always been your passion? You know, it has. It's, um, I learned early on that um, 
uh, certainly when it comes to making money and um, something I like to do, that, that that's not a, a bad thing in my world. I always believe there needs to be a purpose behind your profit and certainly need to be a good steward of the blessings you get. But but making money is certainly allows you to um, obviously live the life that you desire on your terms, which is really a big deal. Not a lot of people can say that. And um, and of course, it also allows, uh, allows you to be kind of a, a vessel and a blessing to others, because if you don't have money or, or resources, um, you really can't help other people. So uh, so that was always a, a, a passion of mine, making money and, and real estate at an early age was really the vehicle for me. I actually uh, wanted to be a doctor for a period of time, but uh, it was a bunch of school, which I never liked and a bunch of debt, which I don't like and 13 more years out of high school. And, and I said, no, thanks. I want to start making money. So, so it's always been a passion. In fact, um, I actually bought my first house uh, when I was 14 years old. And yes, of course, I had lots of help from my father's attorney and my father and um, kind of a, 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 I guess, a funny story, kind of a neat story. But but I was was mowing grass uh, in, in summers and, and saving up money. And um, and there was a, a a beat up Volkswagen Beetle. Remember, of course, you remember the Beetles. This was the, the it was a baby blue um, Volkswagen Beetle. And it was right around the corner from where we lived. It was in somebody's driveway. And it, it, uh, it was um, one of those cars that is parked in the back and and uh, hasn't been touched in years and years and years and flat tires. And, you know, there was a tarp over it, you know, covered half of the car and, and I'm 14. And, and, uh, and uh, uh, my father, I said, you know, you should go see if they'll sell you that car. And uh, kind of a long story short, I went up to, to, to the gentleman knocked on the door and I'm 14 years old. I can't drive obviously. And uh, this guy seemed like he was 10 feet tall when I knocked on the door and opened it up and, and uh, I asked if he was, would consider selling the car and, and um, kind of looked at me funny, clearly realizing I'm just a kid. I couldn't even drive it out of there. But, but long story short, he sold to me for $700 and, uh, and my uncle helped me get it cleaned up and battery changed and all that good stuff. And we put it on another corner and, and sold it for $1,500. And, and, uh, and then from there, I was able to actually take that money. So we started tracking these tax liens. And, and mind you, $1,500 was kind of in my, my, my budget range, if you, if you will. And I did, did have some commitments that my dad would help me if I found a, a property a little more than that. But we're talking pretty bottom of the barrel. So I uh, was able to buy a tax lien uh, on a street uh, uh, address called 1010 King Street and uh, bought it, <clears throat> not a very special place, and was able to uh, really flip out of it because it was not on the market. It was an off-market deal and sold it for like 3500 something like that, made a couple thousand bucks, and, and I was hooked. And so uh, so my first deal, nothing um, uh, that is too, too crazy about the deal itself other than I was young. I did have some help, and, and, uh, and that was really what got my first taste into real estate, and, and I've been hooked ever since. And I will tell you that, that a few years ago, uh, as I started Little Pink Houses and, and we were kind of getting our message out there and, and doing some talks at, at different uh, groups and, and real estate associations and things of that nature, um, I thought it would be kind of cool to get a picture of my, my first deal, my first house, right? So I get on Google Maps and I, I pull up 1010 King Street and lo and behold, Elsa, it's a parking lot. And it wasn't torn down to develop. It wasn't torn down because it's a hot area that they're building things up. It got torn down, I'm sure, because it was a a piece of junk. And um, I paid 1500 bucks for it. Gosh, it would have been probably in 88, 89, somewhere in that range. And, uh, and uh, it's no longer standing, but that, uh, that is my first deal. And uh, as they say, you never forget your first, right? But uh, that's, that's how I got, got into it. I, I, I was, would help through the summers. And then in college, I actually um, worked uh, throughout the year uh, flipping deals. I, I usually had a couple deals going on at a time. And, and so, and then right out of school, I, I got in full time and, and, uh, and so I uh, actually graduated early so I could start making money. But 
it's been my passion ever since. And at this point, I would go so far as to, at least up to this point, call it really my life's work and, and uh, certainly have no intent in slowing down. You threw me off when you said you wanted to be a doctor at one time. <laughs> Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott. But well, I always enjoyed medicine. And, uh, you know, the, uh, I, I think, um, you know, helping others and, and uh, that, that, that I think the field of medicine is fascinating. And, um, but this wasn't wasn't my calling at the end of the day. So, well, yeah, helping others, I do say, is definitely you. That has always been you. Thank you. That's the Scott that I know. Okay. Well, investors always have a favorite deal that they did, one that might have been a huge profit or something outside the box about the deal. What's your favorite deal or craziest deal that you may Mm -hmm. have encountered? Good question. Good question. So, well, to give a little context, um, um, I've done over 3,000 deals at this point. I've been doing this this is my 25th year full time. So I kind of aged myself, I guess, if you will. But uh, so I've done a lot of deals. And, and, and when I was working with my father, we were doing a lot of volume. In fact, uh, we were doing about 150 deals every single year. So I got a big jump start on volume, if you will, uh, early on and, and have continued that. So we would buy them for cash. We would uh, fix them up in many cases, and then we would sell them off almost identical to how we sell them off today at Little Pink Houses, that same demographic. And I will tell you, our angle with our buyers is, is to get them uh, to become homeowners. And so our mission statement, our slogan, our purpose behind our profit at Little Pink Houses is we create homeowners. And it's something we're proud of um, and uh, always have believed in the American dream. And that's really what we focus on at the company. So it was really the same when I was working with my father. But uh, there are two deals, I guess, that, that really stick out to me uh, the most. And so the first one, this would have been in the early 2000s. Things were, were pretty booming. Uh, credit was easy. The uh, mortgage industry was, uh, was just a few years away from bursting. And uh, it seemed like anybody uh, that, that uh, uh, got into real estate and even tripping over themselves, making every mistake in the book was, was still uh, making 30, 40 grand a deal, it seemed. And course, anybody in the, and, and, and their you know, dog could get a mortgage and for 110% of the value of the property. So uh, times were, 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 were certainly good, uh, at least to a very large degree. But there was a gentleman, Elsa, you may not even remember this guy. You remember a guy named Barney Zick by chance. Unfortunately, he passed away. Oh, goodness, probably 10, 15 years ago. But, but he was on the seminar circuit. You remember Barney Zick by chance? I don't know that name. So he was uh, he was a master negotiator out of Texas, one of them Texas boys that had that, <laughs> that, that Texas uh, swagger. Uh, and so uh, actually, interestingly, it was the only seminar that, that I ever went to, um, at least as an attendee. And uh, um, I've been involved in lots since then, of course. But but uh, I went in the audience and uh, the purpose of the seminar was uh, really negotiating tactics. And um, it was really transformative for me. Learned a lot from him. Certainly liked his style. And but I liked what he really taught as far as how to analyze deals and really how to handle customer service. And, and I've got to tell you, the advice that he uh, taught, gave really is universal uh, through, throughout every industry. You're always in the customer service business, no matter what you do. And when uh, there's a phrase that he used called preeminence, and there's another gentleman today that uses it often, again, named Jay Abraham. He's very well-known as well. And but preeminence defined, and, and I'll give my interpretation of it, is putting your customer's needs ahead of yours, uh, almost regardless of the outcome for you. 
focus on them first, make them happy. And it's almost like the rest will fall into place for you. And so, um, and then Barney Zick took this and really applied it to real estate and, and the deals and how to really dissect and negotiate. So, so I go to this uh, three-day event in Dallas, Texas, and I come back, I'm fired up. I, I've got some, uh, some new ammunition and my, my gun for, for my negotiating. And, and um, uh, I was working on a deal that was out of an estate. So the estate, uh, my mom and dad died. Uh, there were, I think, four or five uh, siblings, all brothers. And it was at the point where they were not talking to each other. And it was a horse farm. Uh, when I say that, let me, let me it was a uh, kind of a west of town area, a real nice area. It had, I think, I don't know, 10 or 15 acres. Um, they had horses on it. It was a magnificent home on a big pond and um, really a, a special place. Uh, and, and so again, they had horses there. It wasn't necessarily a, a farm for horses, but mom and dad died. Uh, and the estate, there was an attorney involved uh, through the probate aspect of it. And uh, there was a debt owed on the property and obviously a lot of costs correlating to clearing up the estate. And the five brothers now were at a point where they weren't talking. So uh, I took what Barney Zick had taught me and, and uh, I went to each brother. I asked, obviously, permission from the attorney and uh, he's the one that contacted us. In fact, let me give a little tidbit. Also, I'll give you a little, little gold nugget for the listeners here. Uh, great way to uh, find off-market properties is contacting probate attorneys. So uh, when I say contact, I mean sending letters. So what we would do literally four times a year, four times a year, was to send a letter to every probate attorney in town. Uh, we'd get the nice stock paper, a little thicker, um, printed it, you know, signed it with blue ink. Wanted to represent, uh, uh, I guess, a certain way that the attorneys should feel good calling us. You always want to have a good image of yourself in, in any print you do. And we just let them know that we bought homes and that we ultimately uh, uh, could make cash offers quickly and uh, without contingencies, without inspections and all that good stuff. So we would get calls that were off-market properties fairly consistently because we consistently mail to the probate attorney. So uh, that is one little tidbit for, for folks listening that they can implement. So this probate attorney calls, I get permission to talk to the five brothers and ultimately uh, each of the brothers, my question was very simple to them. If we could get them a net check, a net, net, net check to them, uh, what would that number be? And that wasn't what happened is all the numbers got clouded up and all they were looking at the attorney costs and the debt on the home and the taxes that were in arrears and, you know, five or six other bills that needed to get carved up and this, that and the other. And so none of them really knew what they were getting. They all had kind of their 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 number in mind. And so it just took somebody going to each person and, and finding out what those numbers were, seeing if we could make them work. When I would negotiate the number, I would actually call back to each of the brothers and see, would this work for you? And ultimately, that 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 touch, I guess, and the fact that I cared about them being happy, which was my angle, uh, was able to, to get us the deal for uh, ultimately all in on the deal was about 50 cents on the dollar. And so I think we made around 200000 on the deal when it was all said and done. And that was one of the biggest deals I've, I've ever done. And, uh, that's, uh, and, and it was really because of preeminence, focusing on making... Uh, them satisfied and, and even using the word happy, um, uh, of course, before uh, our company and our needs. And, and ultimately, that's what allowed us to get the deal. So that deal jumps off the page at me, um, really just because of how how I negotiated it. And ultimately, 200 grand is is uh, it's the second biggest deal I've ever done. So that's a lot of money. You don't you don't get those on, on too many deals. And you thought outside the box on that deal. Yes, I did. You know, working with them and trying to help them at the same time. But thinking outside the box, love it, love it. So 
Let's go to the other direction. <laughs> Real estate isn't always easy, as we know. There's always the headache deal that we get tied into. So have you had a headache deal or just a really bad deal that you want to share as kind of a warning to others or just a crazy story about a deal? Well, so you, you see, I don't have a lot of hair on my head here. Uh, and this is a radio show, I know, but uh, I don't have a lot of hair on my head because I've owned real estate my whole life. And so, uh, look, there, there are ways to uh, cushion some of the headaches, certainly. And uh, using virtual assistance, by the way, is one of them. And uh, and I will say, if I may, also, um, I have known you and worked with you for 10 years. And um, to this day, to this day, we still use your services. Um, and you guys have done phenomenal. Um, there have been periods Thank in you. my 10 years that you guys have been the lifeblood of our business. And and frankly, as I've told you many times off the record, or excuse me, off radio and off camera, um, you uh, and your help have been instrumental to, to my success. So thank you. I need to say that if I may. Thank you so much. So as far as uh, uh, the headache deals, um, you know, I would tell you that certainly we've had our, our share of, especially with all the deals that I've done uh, of headaches and um, many times it's more so the people than the property. Um, but, but what I would say, and this is something that, that this is going to maybe sound really, I wouldn't call it elementary, but uh, it's something that in the scope of a negotiation, a scope of trying to put a deal together, um, you can lose sight of a couple of things. So um, uh, again, you're trying to do deals, right? So you're looking for opportunities. You, you find one that, that's distressed, typically physically in the example I'm going to give, and uh, but you know you don't make money on deals you don't do. You've got money lined up to buy, whether it's no cash, no credit. That that's maybe another conversation. But um, but when you look at a deal that I call a pig and a poke, um, uh, and I don't even know what that means, a pig and a poke. I just know it means the house is 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 never going to be right. A dog with fleas, right? So you walk in. I remember one house. You open the front door and you walk into a wall, literally a wall. And, uh, and you go right to, excuse me, to the left of the, 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 the bathroom, right to go into the main part of the house. And, and your houses like that are never going to be right. And, um, and so I actually looked at the house this past Saturday that, that had some similarities to it. It had uh, addition, it had the garage converted. So it was a garage and I was converted to a daycare area. It had a back room that was some sort of storage area converted to a room. Uh, they had added on to it. And so you think about that as, as a, as a person walking into the home, uh, that is never going to be able to be totally right, totally fixed, no matter what you do. And we're not in the business of reconfiguring uh, layouts and things of that nature. Usually the budget doesn't allow for that. So we passed on this house last weekend that was, I think, six bedrooms. And of course, it was appealing for that reason. But when you when you are looking at a home that that is this has functional obsolescence, right? That's a, a real estate term where it's either overbuilt for an area or just built in a way that's just never going to be right. Those can be really hard sells. And, and, and again, I've bought my share of those that the floor plan just was funky. It just didn't make sense. It wasn't homey. It was and it's just one of those houses that uh, for whatever reason, it was a hodgepodge. And so those have given us more trouble because uh, uh, and I don't really have a, a story behind it other than usually you attract a buyer that that will settle for that type of home or a tenant, at which point you may be more inclined to have have headaches. And so something like that would be would be one takeaway. And then actually today, uh, ironically, uh, maybe so, maybe not. But um, we passed on a place in uh, Virginia Beach. It was a one bedroom 
one bath home. Now it was just under uh, apartment, excuse me, apartment. It was uh, uh, just under a thousand square feet and it was in a, a building in downtown Virginia, I think Virginia beach somewhere in there. And the value of it also was like $450,000. <laughs> and the others, uh, the twos and three bedrooms were like seven, 800 grand. So it was a very nice building, a very ritzy part of the of town. But how many people are looking for a one bed, one bath? for 450 grand. Uh, I mean, now we could have bought it. In fact, we were able to probably step in around 290, but I, I mean, who's your, uh, who is the end user at the end of the day? So it's things like that, that are kind of intangibles, if you will, where um, I don't know how you really teach. Uh, it's just common sense, but, but sometimes common sense isn't so common. So, uh, so looking at a house as, as, as just from the purely functional uh, layout, common sense. Would people like this home? Uh, does it have enough beds, baths? I stay away from one ones, try to stay away from two ones. But um, again, the, the the functionality of it, I think is is a big deal. If the house is never going to be functional, you're probably going to attract somebody that would put up with that. And that is probably where, gonna, where the source of your headaches will come from. I bet doing wholesale, you probably had a lot more headaches than you do with the no cash, no credit. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. For a few reasons. First of all, I've never been a wholesaler. I've wholesaled my share of properties. I mean, when you do a lot of deals and you're shaking the trees, you run across contracts that we always say, can we make money on the deal? Um, and uh, we always want to put it under contract and, and usually take it out to our buyers and even our investors if, in fact, we think we can make money. So we're always looking. And by virtue of shaking trees and running across deals, we've wholesaled, I've wholesaled my share. But Wholesaling, yeah, you, you deal uh, primarily with with other investors, uh, uh, and also with. There's always the 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 part about wholesaling where you, you're almost lying to the, the the seller, lying to the people there that you're the buyer, and you know uh, you really have no intentions of that, and and just a lot of um, it's a different type of of, of approach. In fact, we have a, 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 a lady that works with us. She's one of our affiliates and has has done very well and and uh, has even done some of our uh, training, help with our training. And she came from, she started wholesaling and she just felt uncomfortable. She said, I was in these parts of town that I didn't like. I was, didn't feel safe. I felt like I was lying to the the, the, the seller half the time. I, I was dealing with buyers that, that you know, were kind of unsavory. And so what, and, and what we did, Elsa, is really decided to focus on uh, pretty houses. You, you deal with homes that are in great areas, great schools, families. Um, not everybody's perfect, of course, but you're dealing with people that are really grateful that you're giving them this opportunity. And, and so it's like to be able to make money, creating your own schedule, living life on your terms and being able to help people become homeowners or just get into a great home if they're renting it um, has been been uh, very rewarding, uh, uh, of course, uh, aside from profitable. So yeah, the focus is really on pretty houses and, 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 and nice areas. And, and Again, when you can do that, not using any of your own cash or credit, and that's what people always trip over, is how can you buy and sell a $300,000 house without paying for it? Well, it's done through contracts and through, uh, obviously, know-how, um, and it's a great business uh, when you know what you're doing, but um, I definitely prefer dealing in nicer areas. Uh, there's no question about that. Well, what I think is nice about the no cash, no credit type of deals, um, especially like what, what you do is the fact that you are literally helping buyers that may not typically be able to be homeowners otherwise, or at least not right now. And you're helping sellers get out of the situation they're in. Is that right? 
That's exactly right. It's exactly right. And when you put it together, it's, it's very simple. You know, we, we have a uh, certain targets that we go after with sellers that um, uh, for one reason or another are willing to sell to us or option to us or really enter into a contract with us, depending on the type of deal where we are buying it on, on payments. And, and we always are approaching it with no money down, no cash, no credit. There's certain verbiage and obviously scripts that we use that we don't necessarily say no cash, no credit to the seller. But that's the moniker in, in the investing circle that we obviously connect with. So uh, we, we are able to sell, solve a seller's problem. We're also, in many cases, able to get the seller more money because they collect payments on top of the price that we're agreeing to. And, uh, and then that allows us to go out, put it under contract. We then control that property. And we have buyers that we work with. Of course, we market once we have the homes under contract. We find a lot of our buyers through our individual marketing on the property, not just our buyer's list. And uh, with our program, which is very simple, uh, we sell homes to them. We work with banks before we say yes to our buyers. Uh, so we take a buyer that likes the home that's putting money down. We require five to 10% down on every house that we sell. We take them to a bank that specializes in working with companies like us. And uh, we say, what do you think, Mr. Banker? Can they qualify in a year or two years? And if so, uh, what are the exact steps they need to take to get there? And, and, and what time frame is that going to look like? So they actually will custom uh, create a blueprint and we call it our roadmap for home ownership. So, so again, this is all outsourced, not something we have to know. We don't have to be experts in the mortgage world. Uh, we have a bank uh, or mortgage lender that creates a blueprint and uh, our buyer agrees to check in with them every month. There's a fee that correlates to that. And ultimately uh, they walk through our program, work with the lender at the end of the term, as long as they do all the things they're supposed to, uh, the bank will lend them the money. And as we say, with a big smile, they live happily ever after. At least that we hope so. You hope so. <laughs> Do you ever run into a problem where you get a buyer that agrees with everything, but then like six months down the road or a year down the road? I'm oh, sorry, I'm not going to be able to do it. Sure. Absolutely. It's part of the game. And uh, uh, I would say there's really two answers and they're probably more than that. Number one, the answer is absolutely Yes. But when we really try to get buyers that love the home, that are willing to put a, a chunk of money down, so we want them to buy it. And ultimately, we get paid when they buy it as well. We really have five paydays along the way uh, in our best deals and three on most deals. And so uh, we're going to get paid when they get a loan. But if they didn't qualify or ultimately choose not to buy, they forfeit the money they put down. So that's money that that now we don't want to keep money in that way, but it's part of uh, the agreement. If they don't get their financing, then we would ultimately keep the down payment. So when that happens, we get to do it again. So now we, the seller has to be okay with that, but, but um, we've got ways that we kind of mitigate against that. And uh, certainly we have done uh, deals where we get paid twice. And um, so it's not the worst case scenario uh, in many cases when the buyer doesn't ultimately get their financing. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Scott after a word from our sponsors. But first, I do want to take a moment just to recognize our law enforcement first responders and their families. We'll be right back. Entrepreneurs and business owners need reliable, good assistance without the time-consuming stress that comes with searching for, hiring, and training someone. That's where U.S. Virtual Assistant and REIAssistant.com comes in. Their outstanding U.S.-based virtual assistants are trained, have strong skills, experience, and are reliable. They make it easy to work with a rock star virtual assistant so you can reclaim time to do what you need to do and grow your business. They carefully 
successfully pair you with an experienced virtual assistant who can take care of pretty much any task that doesn't require their in-person presence. From inbound calls to outbound calls to property management and from marketing to websites, they have your small business needs covered. Hiring a virtual assistant is easier than hiring and training an assistant yourself. Best part? It's also cost-effective, saving you up to 85% compared to hiring your own in-house or virtual assistant. Stop doing everything yourself and get your time back by hiring a VA from usvirtualassistant.com. Visit us or call today, 855-2-GET-A-VA. Looking to buy or sell your piece of Southwest Florida paradise? Make your choice a logical one with Logical Choice Realty Group. Sell it faster for more money and less stress. They'll get your home sold and closed. Go to LogicalChoiceRealtyGroup.com and start packing today. You're listening to Outside the Box with Elsa. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to elsa at elsaoutsidethebox.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back. We've got Scott Ulmer, Little Pink Houses of America. So, Scott, how did you start Little Pink Houses and its affiliate programs? So, kind of goes back to 2004. I had a serendipitous meeting with a franchise real estate attorney, excuse me, a franchise attorney. And uh, serendipitous is that I um, had used to have an interest in politics and, and uh, I still have it, don't have any interest in being in politics, but I sat on a few political campaigns. It was great, early 20s. It was really uh, a lot of fun and good experience. And one of the uh, members of the campaign was an attorney at a big firm and his partner was a, a franchise lawyer. And that's kind of a specialized area of law to this day. You don't see franchise attorneys on every corner. In fact, um, even in Jacksonville, there's really two or three. So it's just a very specific niche practice. So he had known about what I had done and and, and said, have you ever thought about uh, replicating your business in other places? And I hadn't at the time. Uh, I was relatively new in the business at that point, and I was working for my father. And so I had lunch with this gentleman. He was an attorney and, and really laid out what we did. Um, and that was really the, the skeleton for Little Pink Houses uh, back then. There were things we do a lot differently today than we did then. But the crux of, of buying and selling and, and really maximizing the way you sell. And so what I, I would say is that when you sell to a buyer that can't go to the bank today um, and you're trying to set them up for success as we do, you're going to sell the property at a, at a premium price. Um, we sell at full retail. We're not a wholesale outfit. So you're going to sell at a full price. Our buyers almost always pay our asking price because of the fact that they're asking us to carry them for 12 months or so. The payments that our buyers make also do not credit off of the price. So the buyers that are paying us every month, those payments are on top of the price that we agreed to. Uh, and they don't get credit because we use that to incentivize them ultimately to go get their bank loan. Uh, we also, by selling houses for more than 12 months, a 12, more than 12 month term, 366 days, we're able to cut our capital gain in really more than half uh, when you go from a short-term capital gain, which is considered anything sold within a 12 month window of time uh, and our long-term capital gain, which is 366 days or more. Um, so we literally go from 38% down to 15, roughly in those ranges. And Biden is looking at changing some of that. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but 
So there is this maximum value, or let me say it differently, you really maximize the profit potential in every deal as an investor when you're selling properties to folks that fit the demographic that Little Pink House specializes in. So this attorney said, boy, I think you've got something here. I still had the letter to this day, Elsa, and he sent, sent it to me, said, I think it, uh, you've got something special. And I believe that he called it Middle America. He said, I think that you've got a, a, a special way or a creative way to help Middle America achieve home ownership. I think you could replicate this in other markets. And so uh, that was in 2004. So the seed was planted. Well, life has its way of ebbing and flowing and taking its twists and turns. And, and in 2008, and really that's when the, the bottom of the crash happened. What most people don't necessarily think about is it didn't, September of 08 didn't just happen overnight. There was a buildup to that. And, and places like Ohio and, and, and Las Vegas and Nevada and Florida and California use your barometers of the rest of the country. Uh, Ohio, in, in our case, started feeling it really in 05, 06, 07. Um, Vegas was in 04. We started, we started doing some deals outside in different states. We did a few deals in Las Vegas and uh, we started seeing it in Vegas. But Obviously, uh, September 8 was the bottom. There was the lead up to that. And so we were seeing that, that as, as time went on. And so the, the dream, if you will, of becoming um, basically putting other people under our umbrella, uh, whether it's from a franchise, whether it's an affiliate, whether it's uh, uh, some sort of a relationship, joint venture, um, being able to work with other people in other cities to maximize and multiply what we're doing. Uh, went on pause for many, many years. And so uh, when I had the chance to uh, start Little Pink Houses of America, I'd worked for a guy named Ron Legrand, who that's how we met. And uh, to this day, tremendously uh, grateful to Ron. He helped me from the lowest part of my life. And I will always be forever grateful to that man and learned a ton from him as well. Uh, but when I had uh, broke out and, and started Little Pink Houses, the intent was to be able to essentially multiply and to 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 uh, I'll use the term franchise, even though we are not formally franchised, we, we are in the process of, and uh, I want to say that loosely, I don't want to represent the wrong thing, but we are uh, engaged in that process, but currently we have affiliate relationships. And and so I've been thinking about it for years and years. And when I started the company, it's Little Pink Houses of America, not of Jacksonville, not of Florida. It was of America because we knew we would have people underneath us within a few years. And so um, for the first two years, um, all we did were deals, we wanted to work out kinks in the model, make sure that, that, that we were able to um, uh, uh, multiply and scale. And so we had to make sure our systems were fine-tuned. Of course, we we're always fine-tuning and, and always improving, but that's really how it started. Uh, and again, the intent was really to, to, to open up markets across the country under our brand, doing the same thing that we do, creating homeowners and markets all over the country. And, and I'm proud of where we are today. Um, and uh, we have a lot of work to do to be a great company. That's our goal. And, uh, but but uh, I'd like to think that we're on the right path. I would say you are on the right path. I've seen where you've come with all of this, and I, I'm really proud of what I've seen you do. Thank you. Thank you. I think you've really come a long way. Thank you. So explain a little bit more about the affiliate program. Sure. So we are always looking for good folks in, in markets across the country. Uh, the variable is, is uh, in many cases, is market availability. We don't ever want to saturate the market. So uh, if there are folks out there that want to get into the real estate business that um, uh, are looking for more of a relationship uh, company, uh, we're big on relationships. We, we don't offer coaching. Um, that's just not what we do. Um, coaches are great, and, and I've coached a lot of people. I've coached for a long time, uh, but, but uh, that's not what we do here. We, we are going to lock arms with you, and we're going to teach you all of our uh, best practices, kind of our secret sauce, our contracts, our documents, our scripts. Um, you come to our corporate office in, in Florida for 
a whole week. We we uh, have a lot of fun. We really teach you the ins and outs of our business. And but I think the most important thing also is that we have relationships ongoing. And and so the affiliate program is is essentially becoming part of our family, uh, part of our extended family. It's becoming little pink houses of wherever you live, whatever your market is. Uh, it's being able to to get in the business of real estate, whether it's part time or full time. Most of our people are part time. We found this to be a great side hustle. Um, it's a great business full time, but but real estate as a whole uh, is really a great side business. And 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 because of the support that we offer, uh, a lot of our folks are are part time, and they're able to rely on us for a lot of the day to day stuff that that they um, need help with when it comes to navigating basically a new business. And so. Uh, so with that comes uh, all of our assistance support. We work on uh, the deals. We provide a lot of leads. We, we negotiate deals. We are involved. And of course, we have a community and, and a lot of ongoing training. So it's not you don't you don't come in and, and you know, get trained once. And, and that said, we're constantly upgrading and fine tuning. So so our affiliate program is, is just that it, it's uh, it's it's the real estate investing, taking all my experience, my 25 years with our coaches uh, that work direct with our affiliates. Again, we don't coach, but these are coaches for the affiliates. We don't have coaching programs is what I meant to say. Uh, with my staff, I've got some wonderful, wonderful people that I've been very, very blessed with. Uh, we've got over 150 years of, of in the trenches, uh, real estate investing in residential experience. So really have a great team that, that I've been able to assemble. And so the team supports, and these are people that, that uh, can become little pink houses of their area. And uh, we are always looking good for, for good people, but that is, that is the the affiliate program in a nutshell. And um, again, if there's interest, uh, we have uh, a couple of uh, ways to get a hold of us. Obviously, you can find us anywhere. Little Pink House of America, um, PinkAffiliates.com is our affiliate website, and uh, there's some information and videos and all that good stuff. All right. So, is the website the best way to contact them for you about that? Yes, they can do that, and and they can. Well, they'll find our hub number. I call it our hub number. Everything rings to the main hub nine zero four five hundred pink. That's uh, our uh, what a great number. We had to pay for that vanity early on, but we've gotten a lot of a lot of mileage out of that. Gotten our money's worth. So yeah, nine zero four five hundred pink. That rings right to a twenty four hour answering service. That's our, our our primary line, and you'll get directed accordingly. But uh, those would be the ways to find us, and and. Uh, uh, we offer obviously free strategy session calls. We we uh, like to see where are you. We we deal with a lot of investors that are already out there that are kind of uh, doing the solopreneur, the one man shows where where they are doing their best, but ultimately don't have any support. And and that's that can be really challenging. You can feel like you're on an island all alone. Um, and so we do work a lot of existing, and then people that have zero experience at all in, in real estate or sales. Uh, you know we we work with all all, all types. So. Um, it's great when you have experience, but but you don't have to have it. It doesn't require a license. Um, and again, the beauty of what we do, what attracts a lot of people to us, and I guess I'll, I'll make this point, uh, are really a few things. But number one, in many cases, and 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 I'd say that maybe even in most, uh, the houses that we are able to do deal with, we're dealing with contracts. We don't we don't believe in we don't sign personally. We don't we don't uh, uh, believe in uh, incurring a lot of debt if we can avoid it. And and so our primary strategy with real estate investing is is tying up properties with contracts and basically flipping out them to our, our types of buyers. So people like that you don't have to go borrow a bunch of money. It's a risk thing. You know, I don't care who you are, uh, excuse me, who you're getting the money from, whether it's grandma, whether it's yours, whether it's private, whether it's hard, whether it's bank money, whether it's, you know, uh, your friend, doesn't matter. Whenever you're laying cash on the table to buy a property, you have an inherent risk. And uh, who knows when the if and when there's going to be a market correction. This is not sustainable. Um, who knows how bad it's going to be, how significant. But 
I will tell you, we, we've been pretty cautious with some of our, our purchases recently um, when we're putting cash on because we don't want to get caught mid-stride when there's a, a market correction. So the fact that you don't, you can do a lot of deals because you don't need money to do the deals. You have infinite amount of possibilities that attracts us. And people also like that the fact that we try to do business the right way. Uh, Elsa, you know me, I'm a flawed man, as I say all the time, but we, we go into every deal with the attitude of a win, win, win. We want to see uh, our buyer win. We want to see our seller win and we want to see us win as well. And, and again, it goes back to that preeminence mindset. Um, we go in looking for people, all parties to do well. Um, you have great outcomes in many and most cases. And so because our, we approach our deals and our business like that, it, we always have people coming up to us saying, boy, that really connected with me. And, and I really appreciate how you guys do business. When we go speak places, it, it's almost every single time that someone will come up to us after we talk and, and, and say, you know, I really connected with the win-win. It doesn't have to be a, a zero-sum game where you have a winner and a loser. You know, you win and the other person loses. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. You can you can all walk away feeling like you had a victory. And so that's how we try to do business. And because of that, I think people are attracted to us. And, and those are some of the high points. So if those resonate with any of your listeners, you know, call into to, to us and we'd love to have somebody chat with you and see if you're a good fit for us and, and we're a good fit for you. Well, I definitely know you are one about integrity. That That's one thing that you are very, very good. Thank you. Uh, which you can't necessarily find very much anymore. So that that's a good thing. Very good thing. So now you told me earlier that you recently created a new home study course. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? I'm interested. What's going on? This is a true statement, Elsa Odin. So uh, there have been um, so many deals I've done and so many different types of deals. And um, we needed to kind of, I've been wanting to put something together um, that kind of encompassed a lot of the different pivot points when you're dealing with no cash, no credit. And so um, what started out to be intended to be a relatively basic entry-level type manual um, for people to kind of know a little bit about us and our company and really how we do what we do. So to be very fair, I want to create something that you'd get value. You could literally take it, contract, scripts, marketing, the whole nine. And what was supposed to be small ended up being 500 and I think 76 pages. Don't quote me on that, but it's over 500 pages and it was a lot longer than I anticipated, but it is eight no cash, no credit strategies. And, and it's called the real estate investors money matrix. And it's a matrix because you have eight different strategies that all of none of which require cash or credit. How do you know what type of deal? How do you know which strategy? Uh, the purpose of the matrix is to tell you that you can mass market. And of course, I give all the marketing templates and ideas in there. Um, and how do you really qualify and decide how you take the deal down? And so uh, this is what I have called an encyclopedia of how to do no cash, no credit deals. And so I took eight of the, what I say, the best strategies known to mankind. And I'm talking mankind, not just me, everybody. No. <laughs> I'll have some fun with that. But um, but I really I broke them all down. And so every strategy has um, how to find the leads, which is obviously the lifeblood of any business and any real estate business. Uh, the scripts that you use when the leads call. Uh, the contracts that you use to put those leads under. The marketing to find buyers or tenants for the property. Uh, the scripts for when you deal with tenants or buyers, the contracts for tenants and buyers, and then ultimately the exit strategy and the closing and the closing documents and all of the contracts as well. So every one of the eight strategies is broken down into that format and has the 
know-how behind it, the, and of course the encyclopedia. So, uh, so as I started doing writing the manual and really putting it together, uh, and I'm giving real case studies and real deal examples that we're doing today, uh, I realized there are so many there's a variations and so many different types of deals that that I need to share this one and this strategy. And I could have taken this deal this way, and I didn't. And here's what I would have done differently. And and so ultimately, um, the real estate investor money matrix. It's something that I'm, I'm really proud of. I've got to tell you, I poured my heart and soul into it. And I've um, got a lot of cool stories, got some of my best practices, um, um, some tips on how to write contracts. And in fact, I'm, I'm so big in psychology and, and when people, and I don't know a lot of people that preach this in the real estate investor circle, but when you're sitting in front of somebody in their living room, a seller, a buyer, a tenant, and you're putting a piece of paper that you're filling out in contractual form and you're asking them to sign it and they're signing and agreeing to terms, whatever the terms are, whatever you're proposing, that's a cathartic experience, first and foremost, especially for new investors. It's a pretty big high when you get somebody to, to say yes and you leave with some, as we say, some dirty paper. We like the dirty paper up, but there's a psychology behind it. And most people don't say, you know, what's the art of how to get someone to say yes? What's the art of getting someone to sign the contract that you want them to? And so I actually take people, I have a whole section on contracts that are my best practices, little tidbits, you know, what you call a contract, um, you know, how you use certain uh, types of ink. And, and again, I won't give away some of the trade secrets, but there are some really, really cool tips. And so if, if, you know, once you know how to do real estate or at least the crux of it, that's obviously important, but you go sit down in front of somebody, you, your whole deal boils down to your ability to leave with, with a signed contract. And so uh, I even got a, a chapter on psychology of getting the, getting the deal. And so anyway, so it's a breakdown of, of these eight different strategies and, uh, I will tell you that that my favorite uh, that that of the of the book is is the chapter and a whole breakdown on subject twos, um, and and I've had a, I've been on a few podcasts lately, a few different shows, and and um, um, that seems to be the 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 most intriguing aspect of the of the manual is is the sub twos, and uh, we kind of call it the unicorn. People uh, are intrigued by it. It does have some moving parts. Uh, I don't think that there's anything more thorough out there than what I've put together. Um, uh, measures of protection for the seller, the seller is your target, what you say to the seller to get them to say yes. And so uh, anyway, I won't go too, too much further than that unless you have questions on it. But the subject to in that in the matrix has been been uh, it's the biggest chapter and a lot of really, really good stuff in there as well. So thank you for letting me plug that. I'm, I'm excited about it and and, uh, uh, and look forward to, to getting that out to the public. All right. You got to give us some of those tools. Come on. Well, I'll tell sneak you this. Peaks. I, 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 sneak peek. I will get So I'll tell you this. So um, I was on a podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, he was uh, uh, it was a flipping America type. I think I, don't, I think that might be the name of it. But um, uh, he was. We had some people calling and asking about how do you protect the seller. So I'll make this. Um, I know we have a limited window of time here, but subject to is when a seller sells the home, transfers legal title to you, but leaves their mortgage on the property and in place. The mortgage that they are personally responsible for. So when you're buying the uh, property as an investor, you're buying legal title, leaving the seller's mortgage in place. You're not going to their bank and trying to qualify and assume it. You're simply taking over the payments. You're not signing personally. You've got no personal liability. Well, why would a seller do that is a whole section in the sub two uh, chapter in the book and why and the targets that you go after. But what I would tell you is this, this was what were two, two big takeaways that I shared on the last podcast and, and they were very well received. I give the sellers two measures of protection. So they're gonna deed me the property, which means they've lost all control and they have the mortgage with a bank 
as the collateral that they're still responsible for, even though I'm agreeing to take it over. Again, it takes the right seller and the right things to say, but we give the seller two measures of protection or security. The first is what's called a wraparound mortgage. And many people know what a wrap is. And many people know that that's a measure of security for a seller when you're buying a home subject to. A wrap mortgage is very similar to a second mortgage. It just wraps around the first. It's you giving the mortgage to the seller. There's no payments, no interest. Now you can actually make uh, uh, deals where you're gonna pay the seller down the road. So there can be some in there, but at the end of the day, I try to get no payments, no interest. But if I were to die, the seller has the ability through that wraparound mortgage to foreclose out the first and ultimately gain control of the property back. Now, no seller wants to foreclose on a first mortgage and come after you and all that stuff if you fall off the face of the earth. So my big tidbit here, big takeaway, the second one is we give our sellers what's called a deed in escrow. And very simple. I say, Mr. Seller, uh, at the closing, the closing agency will prepare a deed from you to my entity or my land trust. I'm going to have them prepare a second deed from my entity or my land trust right back to you with very simple instructions that this deed is to be held in escrow. If I miss three consecutive payments for whatever reason, if I fall off the face of the earth, I wouldn't be here if I had no intentions of making the payments. But if I get hit and killed by the proverbial bus, you don't have to find me, track me down, foreclose me. You go right back to the closing agency. You provide them verification that I've missed three payments in a row. They will release the deed in escrow. You can simply record it and bypass foreclosure. So a deed in escrow is a measure of security for sellers in subject to type deals that can give them a measure of uh, not only comfort, which is almost more important than security, they have to be comfortable moving forward and knowing that they don't have to foreclose you or track you down if you fall off the face of the earth has been a big time uh, uh, deal maker for subject to sellers. That's my tidbit. So you mentioned in the affiliate program, Little Pink Houses, that you have all the contracts and all of that. Do they work all 50 states? It's a great question. How does that work? Yeah. So, well, what's really interesting is that we have spent, I think, in 20, it doesn't matter, 16 or 17, I think we spent uh, 100 and over 100,000 on lawyers all over the country. So in our early days, and of course, we're still relatively new and relatively young, um, any state that we have a new affiliate that comes in, we retain local counsel and uh, we make sure that our contracts are, are um, as we say, blessed by, by local counsel. I will tell you this very briefly. Um, our contracts work in all 50 states. They're called different things in different states. There's different disclosures in different states. And some have rules that, that make us use a different contract, but uh, but the contracts that we use, we always make sure that we are in full compliance with the state. Uh, that's the first thing we do. Great, because I know that it varies from state to state and laws and yeah. all of that. Sure does. So, well, it was great having you on here tonight, Scott. I'd love to thank you for spending the time with us and going over all this with us. And again, what was the website for everybody? Sure. So there's really two. It's reimoneymatrix.com, REI, real estate investors, moneymatrix.com, reimoneymatrix.com is where you can go. I have a webinar breakdown and uh, on the manual of the home study course and pinkaffiliates.com or littlepinkhousesofamerica.com. Okay, awesome. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Logical Choice Realty, your logical choice for all your real estate needs, including buying, selling, investing, and property management services, and Little Pink Houses of America, Scott. <laughs> and a quick good luck to Chase Elliott and Team Hendricks in NASCAR's playoff race this weekend in Vegas. 
Don't forget to think outside the box to reach your next level of success. May God bless you and may God bless the USA. It's been so great to have you join us this week. Outside the Box with Elsa is broadcast live every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again soon. 